guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, and welcome to the Happy Single Mums podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we have a magnificent lady called Sherelle Griffiths. She is a business and marketing strategist. And the reason why I wanted her to come on the page is because I feel like at the beginning of the year, we all have our goals and our strategies and everything is so in alignment. <laughs> and yet, at the middle of the year, everything just goes kaput. And I always wonder why it is. I, I recently read the book Atomic Habits and, you know, you just you get so much zeal. But then it's just about why is it that after, after some time, you just don't follow through? So I absolutely love platforms like yours because it's kind of like giving people the kick up the backside. And I like the fact <laughs> that you're actually, you, you help coaches because obviously a coach kind of needs a coach, you know? How can you lead unless you're being led as well? And I love the fact that your page is so bright. And yeah, I think yellow symbolizes like optimism and your page is just full of so much bright colors. So please tell the audience a bit about yourself and how you can help us mummies who want to start businesses and want to, you know, elevate our lives because ultimately no matter how much we try and some people can make it, but in regards to like nine to five, like no one can really get rich with nine to five. And we really do need to have a side hustle. And in April, you know, like taxes are going up, you know, NI is going up. So it's kind of like we have come to the point whereby we realize our jobs aren't secure with a pandemic. You know, there is another way, but it's about you can have so much knowledge, but why is it that we can't dip our toes in that water? <laughs> so please tell the audience a bit about yourself and your magnificent platform well that is a lot of questions so I'm probably not going to remember all of them but I'm going to try we'll try so start off with so um as you did fabulous introduction my name's Sherelle and I'm a business and marketing strategist and what I really specialize is helping solo coaches consultants online service providers so people that are doing it by themselves so like you said if people are listening right now and you're someone that's going to like embark or you're even like you might have already started something and you're doing this by yourself that's exactly who I help this isn't about big businesses and like massive fancy strategy I try and really simplify it and basically like my aim is to help people to shine online consistently create content that converts because no one's got time to be on a content hamster wheel and not making any money or sales out of it and then ultimately building a business that you love and that pays you properly so I'm all about like profit revenue making money and like you said like being able to use a business to support your life Mm -hmm. because that is like lifestyle entrepreneurship that's what most of us nowadays are getting into unless you've got a genuine drive to be like I want to have a big agency or you know I want to have a company with hundreds and millions whatever fine but if you're just someone that's like I want to be me I might want to have a few little freelancers or contractors or a small team that is what I specialize in doing so that's a little bit about me and thank you for loving all the yellow and the joy and the bright my thing is like I take business super serious but that doesn't mean like it can't be cheerful it can't be joyful like if you're going to do it day in day out you want to find happiness and me creating content brings me happiness as well as actually helping my clients that is brilliant so why is like marketing so important when it comes to starting and growing a business the reason why I'm asking is because ultimately even me I'm guilty of it like I know the things I'm meant to do, i.e. email marketing. I know that I'm meant to engage more on social media. I know I'm meant to plan, content plan, but yet we don't 
do it, but we then want <laughs> growth. <laughs> so why is marketing yes. so important? So the reason why marketing is so important is because you can be the best at what you do, but if no one knows about it, they can't buy from you. And essentially with marketing, what you're trying to do is make sure that the right people hear about you and then you tell them the right messages that enable them to like buy from you. And I think all too often, you know, particularly people, if you, you know, like you spoke about, you know, you've got a job and then you start a business. It's like, you've probably already got a skill. So like, you know, for example, I worked for 10 years in London before I started this business in marketing. It's not like I just woke up today, but even for me, it's like, it's a new audience. The people like I had to find new people. And that's what all of us have to do is even if you've got a skill, you have to now find an audience that want to like listen to you first of all, and then want to pay you. And so when you actually think about marketing, like you were saying, you've got to really just think about if I don't do this, no one is going to know I exist or not enough people are going to know that I exist to bring in the level of like leads that you want to get and then to make enough sales that you want to make. Okay. So then how then do you help people? Because for, I'll use, I keep on using myself as an example. So, so I feel like, with marketing, things are, the the goalpost is always shifting, and I feel like we people don't really know what to jump on. Like for example, TikTok mm-hmm. now is something that is a, a a niche that people are doing, and everyone's jumping on that. But what about if you don't want to be on TikTok, but you still want to have a business? And how then, or how, do you delegate that out? Like, how do you know which balls to actually juggle? How do you help your clients know which one? Well, this is a great question. It's so funny because I'm in the middle of like a TikTok experiment for myself. So the whole, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm currently, so this has been recorded in February. I'm doing two videos a day for the whole of February to, yeah, I know it's crazy because I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to understand the platform better for, for, for precisely what you just said, which is actually, so I am what like is classed as like a generalist marketer. I don't specialize in a specific platform. So I'm not like TikTok's going to save your business, become an Instagram sensation. Pinterest is the one. My thing is actually to look at all of the different ways you can market your business mm-hmm. and then I help people to choose the right channels or the right platforms and, pu- and put them together and then say this is what you need and essentially I don't really believe there's any magical combination like I'm a bit of a business geek and I do properly follow people and I will be like actually so and so like had an amazing YouTube channel and they only was on Instagram and then they had a sales funnel and they had this website and they did this but then someone else was only on Pinterest and they just used Google ads and something like and actually I can find examples for virtually every single combination where people have managed to build a profitable business out of it actually when it comes to choosing your channels it's not about necessarily jumping on the next bandwagon what you got to do is make sure it like fits three things which is firstly is it somewhere where your ideal client or customer is going to be? So you want to make sure that wherever you're marketing your business, it's going to get in front of the right people. Secondly, you want to make sure it's going to showcase your business to the best of your ability. So for example, I would also say like if you're a photographer, it's going to make more sense to have a blog where you can put pictures in it or like have an Instagram account or a Pinterest account than necessarily having a podcast because people can't, you can't showcase the business to the best on a podcast. And then thirdly, and this is probably the most important for small businesses rather than big businesses, is it has to work for you as the business owner. Because the reality is, if you are having to run it right now, you're not outsourcing it. If you want to be like consistent and deliver it, it has to be something you're comfortable on. And I don't mean comfortable in the sense of like, yeah, you're a pro and you're like, yeah, I'm living my best life over here. 
but at least you're not dreading it and obviously like all of us as business owners are always having to push ourselves like push our comfort zone but you want to at least find something that you have enough interest to think I'm going to like want to improve it and learn about it and spend some time to make the most of that channel or platform that's brilliant so how do you help for a client for example that doesn't that has no like it's not tech <laughs> technology savvy doesn't <laughs> want to go on social media you know like because I get a lot of moms saying to me look Khalifa I'm working a job that I because I worked for the Ministry of Justice for 10 years before I was like nope I'm done I did a law degree that I hated because my parents are Nigerian and I had to do a, a degree <laughs> yeah know? and worked in a job that I hated for 10 years and I was like nope I'm taking a risk I'm jumping shit so I have a lot of people that have the passion, but then, like you said, like they don't know where, how to marry that passion with the ever moving social media platforms. So how do you help clients with that? So firstly, I am not someone that focuses 100% on social. And I think that's also something to like really like share. I, I think most people probably need to have a social media platform and like, just because it's an easy organic free way to start building an audience but you don't need to be everywhere like you can normally just choose one so actually then all of a sudden you're not trying to get through a tech barrier of trying to do xyz you're only trying to learn x and so actually it's quite easy for trying to learn what well, I say quite easy but it's easier yeah. if you're just trying to learn one thing I think if you are an absolute and utter tech phobe, then it could be that you're like, fine, I'm going to have to outsource it. And you have to face it as a reality. Mm. And that is always an option I say to people. Like, if you really are like, I know this would be good for my business and it's a complete barrier. But, you know, think there are more tutorials than ever before. Like there was literally a YouTuber that would have made a video about every single thing. Mm. And actually, I don't you for like most of my clients, like I don't go into like crazy in-depth of being like, this is how to record your reel. Because I'm like, there's people that that's all they do all day and yeah. there's like videos that will show you exactly how to do that so I think it's about being realistic about what you know how much time you've got and where you need to put your efforts if you do need to actually upskill that's brilliant so then how then because I find sometimes with myself whenever I'm trying to do research on on a particular topic or business I then that start going down like this rabbit hole with <laughs> I feel like we're in such a crazy age whereby there's so much information out there so how yeah. do we actually cherry pick what is relevant and what isn't because it's like I can type in on YouTube now how to make reels and a thousand videos will come up no, and I think actually that's probably the hardest thing. And in some ways that is where working like with someone one-on-one -on -one makes a difference because like you said, actually I normally am saving people from having to go down a Google rabbit hole. Um, I think if you are going to be like following people online then and you're trying to find information, then the best thing probably is to limit the amount of people. So it's actually probably rather than like, if you decide to go and Google something, for example, or you go on YouTube, you're trying to find someone, it's like, if someone's talking about Instagram and then you can see they've got loads of videos, con concentrate on following them rather than and see if they've got another video or another blog post, whatever, on the like what you want to find next before you just start just Googling again. Because actually then what you find is people have like specialisms on a platform and they will keep referring you to the same thing. So like they talk the same language, whereas actually if you keep going one another 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 that's where it can become overly confusing yeah. but the one thing I do want to warn about that is this is where then people get into places where they have a strategy or some sort of plan for a particular 
one element of their marketing and it doesn't connect to anything else so one of the things I always talk about is integrated planning like I don't care what you're just doing on one place because that's not going to actually help you to bring normally it doesn't help you to bring new people in to nurture them and then to convert them you've normally got to join up a few dots and very often when you follow someone who's just doing a specialism all they care about is what you're doing right there and they're not thinking about the business and the marketing as a whole Wow. So how do you then connect the dots or how do you teach? Because obviously that's your service, but how do you, if you give us a little nugget? Yeah, of course. So as I said, it's, it goes back to um, really you want to be able to move people on a journey. And so that journey is called the buyer's journey. And so this is where you have to make sure, first of all, that new people can become aware of you. So I'm going to use Instagram as an example because it's the one that people normally use the most, which is if you are just on Instagram and you just do a post and it doesn't have any hashtags on it, then the likelihood is the only people that are going to see that are people who follow you. So it's actually not an awareness tool. If you want to use uh, Instagram for new people to see you, then what you'd actually have to do is like create reels because they get shown on the reel tab with no one, when people don't follow you, you could get seen by that. Or you would say, I'm going to go live with someone else so that then their followers and my followers both get told about this live and so I can get seen by their followers. So that's how, like how you start to look at like awareness. And the reason why we used to use hashtags, but it's not like the power of them is dwindling was it could mean you appeared underneath that hashtag. So someone who didn't follow you, but followed the hashtag could see you. Mm. So that's when we talk about awareness. And that's why people, you know, like me coming on to podcasts, people do guest blogs. That's when we think of like traditional even like marketing where it used to be like people would have an advert that was to get in front of people that before that moment have never heard of you and even if you think of when someone said like tag a friend or share this with someone what they're trying to do is help spread their awareness and make more people and when people talk about I need to be more visible that's what we're really talking about we're talking about this first bit of marketing which is awareness but then once new people have come to you you need to have a way to engage them and how to nurture them in this middle section. So yes, you can do that on um, a social media platform, but actually depending on what type of business you've got, sometimes people aren't going to be really public and like shouting about everything in a, like an open forum. That was why like, you know, people used to have Facebook groups as a real great way to nurture people because there was a closed community. People felt safe. They'll be more willing to open up. Some people use their email list because they'll send emails and then people respond to them. And that's how they start to have conversations with them. You know, other people do do nurturing on social media platforms, but in the DMs rather than in the public front facing. And then for the last stage is conversion. So it might be you have got a website that's got like a sales page and people can buy directly. You need to be getting people off other places and getting them onto your actual sales page, for example. Yeah. Or like, so I work predominantly people that have a service and so they usually have a call with people. So it's like, how do we get people onto a call? And so what you need to make sure is whatever you are choosing, you have got a plan. How do I get in front of new people? How once people are in my world, am I nurturing them? And then how am I then getting them into a place where they can see exactly what I sell and give me their money? Yeah. No, you're completely right, actually, because I once saw a Facebook post of a lady. Well, it, it, was, it was a Facebook post of a lady. She said how her Facebook had been deleted. She was, she was a business owner and her Facebook, and that's how she, I think it was on Marketplace, she used to run her business. But yeah. her Facebook was deleted. She had no email list and she had to create a whole new Facebook page. And she was like, look, anyone that followed my old page, please 
contact me. Um, I, I, I completely lost everything. And I felt so bad for her. But you don't really think that, for example, if Instagram was to just get deleted or TikTok was to get to get deleted and you actually have a business, how then do you transfer, like you just said, those people to another place where you nurture them like you've said? So it's so I mean, important. The warning you just said is, you know, a lot of people talk about like, building a business on borrowed land and that's the reality of when we're building on social media we don't own it and it can disappear now the likelihood is most of the social media platforms we use aren't about to disappear anywhere soon actually as you said the bigger danger is people getting their accounts deleted and people getting hacked and that's becoming like a bigger and bigger thing is actually people get their accounts hacked and that's how they lose it and so I think some people like used to be like phase it off and just be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, Facebook's going to be here forever. Instagram's going to be here forever, whatever. But I'm like, yeah, the platform might be here forever, but your account still is vulnerable. And it happens like it happens more than you imagine. And it is really sad. You see these messages and you think someone's built up this massive audience. So personally, like one of my biggest thing is normally to try and build your email list because mm-hmm. your email, you actually own it you know you as a business owner absolutely can download that and you can say you can put it into a new email service provider it's your list that no one can stop you from using that so then how do you then start because I've seen a lot of um business people they will start giving away like a free item or like a freebie to try and like get that person so then how do you start from scratch if your email list is zero and you don't even have a a digital product to 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 give someone what, what would you do so if you've got enough so what you're mentioning is like what's normally called is like a freebie or a yeah. lead magnet and so this is this idea of having something that you can offer to people and really you want it to be as close to the product or the service that you're offering because you don't want randomers just joining the mailing list this isn't just a numbers for numbers sake game actually you want people who ultimately after downloading that or after receiving that or after signing up they are going to be potential future clients or customers. So I think obviously like you have to think about your business. So if you don't have anything to give, like what you see quite common in the product industry mm-hmm. and like all of us have probably seen it when we go into buying any type of clothing is they're like, join our mailing list, get 10% off your first order. And so that's a very common one in the product world. Whereas in the service world, you're more likely to have some sort of like a checklist, a training, a free workbook, that type of thing that people will be sharing in order to get people on their list. Now, even if you haven't got anything right now, you still can decide to like set up having, saying you're having a newsletter and letting people know why it will be valuable for them to get on. So even as a basic, don't get me wrong, you're not going to grow as fast as if you've got some type of lead magnet or freebie, but still it's no excuse to like not do anything. So if you're like, oh, I don't have time to work something out, the bare minimum you could do is just decide okay I'm going to be like regular I'm going to send this newsletter out whether it's like weekly fortnightly monthly I'm going to put a box on my website that tells people they can join and this is the reason why they're going to join and at least you have started to do something yeah that's brilliant so what marketing mistakes do you see business owners making so the biggest one and I put my hands up I was exactly the same because I come from a bigger marketing background is trying to be everywhere and I think that's the the hardest thing when you first start out is you see all the great good examples and you try and do all that and then you realize actually I'm just one person and you are marketing your business alongside running your business so you know like I deal with people that it's not even a product like if you're in a product you know you might have like 
it may be you're doing a bit of fulfillment, but it may be that it's not that like massively time consuming in terms of what you're doing. Like I work mainly with service providers. So they're like, actually, I've got to spend hours with clients doing delivery. So I can't be spending hours and hours and hours doing my marketing. And so it's about being really honest with yourself and also planning ahead for if you were fully booked, actually then how much time would you have for marketing your business? Because the other thing that happens sometimes is people go, ball gun ahead, yeah, I'm going through it, I'm doing this, I'm here, I'm there, I'm jump-. and then either sales come in and then they're like, oh, I can't do the client delivery and I still can't do this because the timing was never going to work or they just burn out because they were just crazy and they went for a full gun and it's just not sustainable to keep that going. Yeah. And you're completely you're completely right because I we, we felt to... Um... Although we can, everyone wants to have their own business, wants to provide a service, but as human beings, if a company doesn't fulfill, we actually remember, because I even give you a silly example, but I I ordered Chinese, no, no, it wasn't Chinese, it was, I ordered Jamaican food, and (laughs) when I ordered the food, I ordered like jerk chicken and, and stuff, and then I ordered like pepper prawns. When they delivered the food, they didn't bring the prawns. And I called them back and I was like, why haven't you bought what I ordered? They said, oh, we ran out. That was the last time I ever contacted them. I was like, we do not forget. So if we as human beings, we have to place ourselves in the customer's um, experience as well. Like we have to deliver and we have to know ourselves and know that we can delegate one thing that blew my mind last year I was at listening to a seminar and they said that the reason why certain people are rich and successful is because they know their strengths and their weaknesses and they delegate you know but we just yeah we're like trying to be like an octopus trying to do it all yeah and I think you know I think in a an ideal world like delegation is obviously something that gets taught about a lot and people are like focus on your zone of genius the more you're in the zone of genius and the more you outsource everything it's all good now I'm definitely someone who comes from a like if you want to if you're a bootstrapper if you're like I'm not someone that wants to put out all the money and just pay for everything and I'm just going to hope the business is going to take off like I understand that mentality and actually I'm not someone like I specialize in making strategies for one person and I say that can be you or it could be a VA so if you have done that like a bit of outsourcing already but I think it is it is about, you know, being really aware mm-hmm. of of your strengths, but also of your time. And I think that's one of the things that's really hard. And I think marketing takes up way much more time than people realize. And one of the things I always tell people is actually like, next time you do an email, time yourself. Next time you actually try and make a reel for Instagram, time yourself. Because you need to get a real understanding because our minds are crazy. And I feel like I spent 25 hours trying to like mime this thing on TikTok. But in my head, I'm like, I can write an email in 20 minutes. It doesn't take me 20 minutes. It takes me longer. And so it's only by actually, once you start to time yourself, you get real numbers. That's how you can be honest about actually, you know, based on what my plan or my strategy says, how much time do I need? And is that still physically feasible? Like physical physical feasibility is one of the things I talk about like a lot because actually we are one person and if you are also trying to run your business along like maybe you still do have a day job like you know I started my business I had a day job I was living in London I had a two-hour commute I worked in theatre so I used to have to do evening shows like I was doing all that so I had to be super planned about this is my time to create this is when I can this is my time when I can work with my clients and you know I had to be rigid and so that I then have applied when I've gone forward and be like don't think, and particularly if you're listening and you're like, actually, right now I have a job. And then once you get a business, you think, oh, life's going to be easy. It's like, no, ta- like the tasks will 
uh, expand to fill the time and so you have to be really controlled and work it out otherwise you can just especially if you're on social media you could have thought you were doing a post and then you've lost half an hour oh, exactly <laughs> and I've um something I would say is to learn how to like, like you mentioned time block time yeah. block and I even now I actually get if it, I feel a bit guilty when I'm sitting down watching Netflix because I'm like damn because you can actually gauge how much time you've spent watching one episode and another episode mm-hmm. I could have I could have done a post on social media I could have done a podcast I could have done so many things so I think we need to be very um yeah very stingy with our time yeah and just and it's about awareness like you don't need to feel guilty about watching Netflix but it's like actually just understanding okay you know what time do I want of my life and what time do I want to commit to my business and like you know most people that start a business they they are uh, going for an optimum level of work-life balance and you know a lot of the like outside so outside marketing I actually have a, a service that's a bit more broader in business as a whole for solopreneurs and I do a lot of like designing your business and it's like actually we all think okay this is the amount of like maybe the money I want but I'm like have you thought about how many hours you want to be given to this and how much control over your time and like how does your year look and then you make sure you're designing your services and the way you've got everything else set up to allow that to happen so I think being conscious of that from the beginning and if you're already got a business and you're like oh no like you can actually redesign it that's why like the biggest thing I say is actually there are too many business owners we see all the stats about the businesses that fail but what we don't see is the amount of information about the businesses where the only reason why they're still working is because the business owner is basically bankrolling it they're not taking the money out of the business that they should be they're not paying themselves properly and they're just using sweat equity to keep it going and if you're in that state it's like you need to really look at your design you need to go back to like what am I selling? What am I like? What are my prices and what infrastructure have I got around me? What systems and processes? And is it feasible to get where I want to get? Or actually, did I pluck some numbers out of thin air and I, I need to do some proper crunching? Yeah. I was going to ask you another question because you, you've been featured in a number of publications. So, where do you actually see business moving to like in 2022? Where, where do you see it going? So like my biggest uh, new thing for this year was I started an, an uh, accelerator. So I'm really about like helping people to like take action fast and move and get going. And so I have an accelerator that's all about people that are established in business, but have realized it hasn't quite got where they want to go. And they're like, I'm ready to like knock it up a step. And so that for me is also a real big opportunity to work with more business owners because I'm a one-on-one like girl at heart so when there's lots of people that are like absolutely like I just want to scale I want to have a course and passive income and sit on my beach I'm like no like as a marketing professional I get the most amount of joy when I'm actually sitting down with people making a new strategy and like really hearing about their clients and like what they want to achieve and as I said that overlap that Venn diagram of how it all works together but obviously it massively limits the amount of people I can work with so like having this accelerator it's been like something I'm really excited about and then also I've got a planner coming out this year because planning mm. is my thing um and it's been like one of those things that's been on my list and I was like right I've got time this year to like properly do it so that's the other thing that's yeah on my list for this year that is brilliant so um what top strategies um would you give a business owner so my top strategies are plan in advance (laughs) like literally I think like planning is just like for me it's just a no-brainer because what it comes down to is being intentional about what you're doing and so the reason like when you mentioned a little bit earlier before about like with your content you're like oh you know like I know I should plan and I don't and I'm like when you make content on a fly like 
it's easy for it not to actually be what it needs to be because you can just be inspired where it was that day. You can write something that was interesting or funny, but it might not hit the actual business goals and the objectives. And so in terms of no matter what type of strategy I'm ever doing with people, it's like it always starts the same, which is like, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Like you've got to be super clear, whether it's your whole business and we're talking about like your financial goals and the number of people you want to work with, mm. or if it's a content strategy and I'm looking at, okay, are you trying to drive traffic to your website? Are you trying to get people onto a call with you? Are you trying to actually build your brand because you want to publish a book next year and you want um, a publishing house to actually sign you up and they've said you've got to have an audience of this size? Like, what are your goals? And then, okay, fine, we can work out how you're going to get there. And then make sure you look at your metrics. Like, monitoring the numbers mm. is like so important it's the other thing business owners I just don't think pay enough attention to because it's not the sexy thing let's be real for most people mm. and like that's actually like so my one-on-one mentoring I do everyone once a month I do everyone's google analytics reports for them and people are like I just never looked at it before and now I can see and I'm like yeah I can see that clearly you're ranking really well on Google because loads of traffic comes to this thing or mm-hmm. you're spending loads of time on this social media platform and it only sent five people this month. Like, why are you doing that? And mm-hmm. so looking at your insights is and data or your analytics, what depending on like what platform you're on and what you're getting back is really important because that is what's going to inform you because really when it comes to it, testing, tweaking, experimenting, that's what it comes down to marketing. Unfortunately, most platforms are changing. And so and you can't just like get a plan like don't just follow someone else's plan and then blindly just like keep it going it's like you know you need to actually look to see how it's performing and make adjustments otherwise it's so easy to start veering off track I wanted to no that's brilliant I wanted to um, on your Instagram page you actually say that you you help coaches and one thing I would love to ask you is in regards to the coaches that I found in the UK the pricing and the price bracket is completely different from the ones that are in like the US. Why do you think that 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 is? Because is it that like coaching isn't as big in the UK than it is in the in the US? I find that really weird. Have you ever noticed that? Or was it just me? No, no, no. So I mean, pricing is a whole other situation and a conversation by itself. So if we but if we take it from a coaching perspective, for example. One of the things I would say is if they're more like a life coach, personal development coach, etc. In America, people are much more willing as a generalization to invest in themselves for that type of work. Because I think I think it's part of like the American dream ideology. People believe if you work on yourself, you will see the return. Whereas I don't think that's quite crossed over to Britain in the same way yet. People, um, it's not that some people don't, but as a mass people don't they don't see themselves in the same way that really understand like the return on investment from doing like personal development and self-improvement work and I say this because also like before I had this business I actually have a platform for um, ambitious women called Propel Her that was all about like it's a non-fiction book club it was all personal development self-improvement and when I started that platform and so like I was blogging all my traffic was coming from America and loads and all my engagement on my social channels would be Americans that were like eating that stuff up whereas Brits were just like yeah you get a few people they're interested in but nowhere near the same but also if we look at pricing and we look at currency this also plays a different thing and so one of the things you know it's one of my pet bugs is like everyone's like yeah I've got to make six figures but actually the difference of making that in America and in Britain and what that means to your quality of life and what that looks like is very different so like on the whole it feels as if 
in Britain, your money goes further. And therefore, so a British coach could be charging less than an American if you look at it on pure like numbers. But actually, when if you look at the reality of what that amount of money in their business means and the life it is able to provide for them, mm. it actually isn't necessarily as drastically different. Like pricing and currencies is one of those things that's just like boggles the mind because yeah. um, you do really have to. And that's one thing you have for the business owner particularly if you set up an online service, you have to decide like what currency do I want to charge it in and who do I think is going to buy? Because, you know, I work with clients, like I've got a client at the moment that's in Europe and she, so she's like, she's doing it in your, in a, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. What's Europe? It's just Euros, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, she's doing it. I was like, yeah. what's it called? So they're in Euros, but she has like clients in Australia with Australian dollars. There's people in America with US dollars. Canadian dollars and then British pounds and so she's like you know when someone here thinks I'm really expensive because in that market that price is expensive but then somewhere else thinks I'm really cheap and this is the thing once you start getting international your your pricing you won't be the same to everyone and that's why like when I do pricing with people I'm like the end of the day the most important thing you've got to work out is is this going to be a financially feasible business for you like that has to be the like the core of the backbone of pricing because there will always be someone who thinks you're too expensive and there'll be always someone who thinks you're too cheap. That's brilliant. And do you also think that women price themselves lower than men? <laughs> oh, the gender pricing debate. Well, <laughs> you don't have to ask. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I mean, yeah, I would say as a sweeping generalisation, most women um, do not price as high as men. I think obviously imposter syndrome is a big part of that. Um, I think, you know, obviously, as I said, like service is what I specialize in. And it's very difficult for most women to sort of pull apart themselves from the service they provide and mm -hmm. to be able to look at it as a completely sort of like ex external existence and be like, people are paying for the transformation or the service or what's going to happen, not you. And too often self-worth work ends up getting attached to it and so depending on how much you feel you can deserve depending on like what your money mindset's like and also your um your circle and your your attitudes because I think also sometimes it's like if you haven't made a certain amount of money or you wouldn't pay that much for a service you think no one else will mm. and actually it's, it's not true but yeah I feel like men just have a, a better job at being able to split themselves from the service they provide and also if I'm like brutally honest, I think also they do look a bit more at being like, is this going to be feasible? I think there are more women that are happy to bankroll their companies. And that is a sad fact, but I do think that's true. So what, um, where can people find you on social media? What have you got planned for the rest of the year? Please let us know. Cool. So Sherelle Griffith is where you can find me. My name is on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, it's the same everywhere Instagram is the like place where I am the most well actually that's a lie now because right now I'm on TikTok twice a day so I'm definitely on TikTok more than Instagram but normally I would say Instagram is the place where I'm at the most but also um, you can come over to sherellegriffith.com so I've got an award-winning blog I've got over 150 blog posts there so lots of stuff on pricing to make sure you're, like, you're doing all that properly all the stuff I've spoken about about channels um, I've got a free workbook about how to create a content um, work, or content marketing plan for the year. So all this type of stuff I've been talking about, literally go into my website. There's, I pour my heart and soul into my blog. That's why I win awards for it, because my thing is, I know with the work that I do, I can only work with so many people. So I make sure that for people that can't afford to work with me yet and people that are getting started, that I've got all these free resources for you to use. Brilliant. 
That's brilliant. So what have you got planned for the rest of the year? <laughs> I mean, right now, I'm just trying to get through where we are right now. So I'm definitely a quarterly planning lady. So I'm like, um, I'm, as I said, I'm going through the first round of my business accelerate at the moment. I'll be launching that soon for the second Ooh. quarter. And then chilling out over the summer. So actually my year plan for my business is very much around I work more in the winter and less in the summer so I have a nice I've got a certain amount of time off in the summer which would be good and then in the autumn we'll be really focusing on getting that planner out um yeah nothing nothing too crazy for me I'm just taking it I feel like I'm taking it easy even though that is a lot of things to be doing I would love a follow-up with you just to see how far you've got with the the TikTok so like now today is 22, the 22nd of the second, 2022. I would love to see like at the end of the year, like. I mean, we'll see. So my commitment was only to a quarter. And I think actually this oh. is a good, a good thing to share with everyone, because actually I think if you've got any type of shiny object syndrome, you're thinking about something, set a parameter of time where you're going to try it and see how it goes. So my commitment at the moment is for the quarter and then I will review and see whether I think it's right for my business. The main reason I did it, as I said, was to help make informed strategies. So like my main thing is to be like now if you if you were to come to me and we were to look at ways to market your business, I would be able to make an informed decision about okay, actually yeah this should be something you're trying and these are the type of content you should be creating about that so for me as a like because I do marketing strategy as a whole and I help people to create integrated plans I was like I need to understand it and I'll definitely know enough by the time this three months is over because boy oh no yeah you'll be able to live it live it because you've walked you've walked in those shoes and there's a book called show your work as well um, I've never really, really ever heard of it. Yeah. And just talking about the fact that people like the, the growth of YouTube and, and TikTok. People actually like to see what people are doing. They like to see like yeah. the process. So ideally, if you do get the clients, you'd be like, look, I, this is where I started. This is how I grew, you know? So it's, it's amazing. And I love the fact that you're, yeah, bright. And yeah, you're just, you're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so, so much for coming on. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm breaking your